Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 69 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to talk a little NFL and a little Yankees offseason. Um, I'll start with the Detroit Lions. Yes, I, I am volunteering to talk about the Detroit Lions today because they won a football game yesterday for the first time in a calendar year. Um, they beat they beat the Vikings on a last second touchdown pass from Jared Goff to Amon St. Brown. I hope I pronounced that name correctly. Um, the first of all, about the actual play itself, I don't know what the corner was doing. Like the corner, they they lined up. It was I think it was from like the ten or the fifteen. I can't remember exactly where they threw the touchdown pass from, but they they lined up. They had two wide receivers on the same side. Obviously, the goal is to get into the end zone and catch the ball. Duh, right? So they both went into the end zone. The the outside corner, who is essentially who gave up the touchdown, was drifting towards the slot guy, which made no sense. And Amora St. Brown basically ran to the end zone, turned around, caught the ball, and that was it. He didn't get touched. It was. It looked like a. It looked like it was practice. And honestly, like. Given that Mike Zimmer hasn't really accomplished a whole lot as the Vikings coach, yes, they made the the, um, the NFC title game that one year, but aside from that, it's been a whole lot of nothing. You could put that on him, you could put that on Kirk Cousins, you could put that on whoever you need to. It's a combination of all of that, whatever you, however you want to put it. But given that he hasn't accomplished much, and given how that game ended and who it ended and who who they lost it to, and and the surrounding context, obviously, you know, Detroit being fucking winless. Uh, that that might be good enough reason to can him. I, I'm so serious. Like, they, they gave that up. They lost that game to them in that fashion. Like, if, if Jared Goff made some crazy tight window throw and they won, all right, so you tip your cap and you move on. Like, the game is the game. He didn't have to. They didn't, they didn't cover it. It looked legitimately like some shit you would see at training camp. I, I don't understand it. Like, he ran to the end zone, turned around, the ball was there. Boom, game over. I don't understand how that could happen. And they rushed three people on top of that. So you rushed three people, you didn't pressure the quarterback, and you didn't pressure the receivers. I do not understand how that... I don't understand what that defensive call was. And if the Vikings decided to fire Mike Zimmer over it, nobody should be upset, really. And I mean, they're 5-7. and seven. I, That might be it for their playoff hopes. On top of everything, like, eh, they choose to fire Mike Zimmer. I don't know, man. But good for Detroit. And I saw a lot of chatter on the on the interwebs about how they were celebrating once they threw the touchdown pass. And it's, and if you're not a Vikings fan or a fan of another team in the NFC North, you sound like a hater. Uh, even even honestly, even if you are a Bears and a Packers fan for Bears or Packers fan, for example, you sound like a hater. But at least hitting a team in your division makes sense, and clowning them makes sense. But, like, I saw fans of other teams clowning how the Lions were celebrating. It's like, what do you want from them? Like, they hadn't won a game in a year. They they apparently really like this coach. And, they, and I assume that you feel like once you've lost 11 straight games, or 11 out of 12, whatever, they tied one. Once you've lost that many games straight, once you've gone that many games without a win, that you feel like you're letting your coach down. Because you like the coach, he apparently works hard. If you believe them, the I'm, a lot of the players work hard. They bust their ass in, in film study and the weight room and and the practice field, and you're getting absolutely no result. And they've come close a few times. 
but they've gotten absolutely they've gotten no results just consistent losses and you, you you not only win a game but you win it at the gun why shouldn't they celebrate why should what they should just walk off the field and be ashamed because their record is bad what like it was a big moment for them like it was a yes they didn't win a super bowl all right they didn't win a playoff game all right they didn't win a division they didn't they didn't win a conference but it was a big moment for them they won a football game why not celebrate we don't celebrate enough generally speaking we don't celebrate enough why are we knocking them for they won a game it's it's athletics it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be entertaining they're supposed to like their job well relatively speaking anyway like they're supposed to like what they do they they they, they were not liking the results of what they were doing for that long and they finally got a win why shouldn't they celebrate you sound like you sound like of the fun police because honestly quite frankly Jared Goff running and 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 lifting Dan Campbell off the ground was a beautiful moment it was it, it was it, it's been such a long year for Detroit I mean quite frankly it's been like a long 25 years if we're talking about the fan base but it's been a long year for them and they finally got a win after coming close and being and having it ripped away from them on several different occasions good for them I say celebrate some more Go go go! I mean, I'm assuming yesterday was a game. I hope they had a nice dinner. I hope they have a nice week. Celebrate it. You don't know when another one's gonna come. Celebrate when you celebrate while you can. But uh, moving on, um, the, the Ravens. So first of all, uh, it disheartens me that Lamar Jackson has not been particularly good by his standards this year, because all the people who are loud and want to take victory laps about it are just the worst kind of people. I'm just going to say it. I don't have any better way to dress it up. Are just the worst kind of people. You know the kind of people I'm talking about that are anti-Lamar. I don't think I need to spell it out. Um, but they they are taking victory laps, and it is really disheartening. So I, I hope Lamar gets back on track. He does have a month and a half or whatever left. They're probably going to make the postseason. We'll see what they do. But... Um, as far as the game yesterday, at first of all, it was a good one. Um, ben Roethlisberger finally didn't look, didn't look like old Yeller should take him up back and shoot him. Um, he looked pretty good. Uh, the The Ravens' offense didn't do a whole lot. They had two really good drives, and that was pretty much it for the whole game. Um, but I, I just want to specifically talk about the last call. Um, the Ravens were down twenty to nineteen with twelve seconds left after they scored a touchdown to bring the game within one point and they decided to go for two and whenever you do that you open yourself up to criticism from fans from the, the people who the, the casual observers the diehards whoever people who are watching the game you open yourself up to decisions and honestly I do think that that's part of the reason why, t- why coaches don't do this shit more often because they don't want to have to answer to it if it fails I truly believe that a lot of coaches in that same situation would have gone for one point because they feel like they can explain it away better that, okay, we lost in overtime as opposed to we lost because we didn't make a two-point conversion, which to me is just backwards. Because, yo, look, you have two alternatives to win a football game. Mind you, the Ravens and Steelers just played 59 minutes and 48 seconds. The Ravens did not move the ball successfully for much of the evening. And as John Harbaugh pointed out after the game when he said, we, we went for two because we were down so many DBs, 
the, the, the Ravens weren't exactly stopping the Steelers the majority of the second half. So you have two avenues to win the game. One, get two yards. And I do. I did mention at the beginning that Lamar, at the beginning of the segment, that Lamar has not been particularly good. But he's still Lamar Jackson. He's still the most electrifying runner in the sport. And he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the sport, even if he is having a down year, right? So get two yards with, you know, with, with, with a team led by him. Or you got to go to overtime, either win the toss and score a touchdown, win the toss and score a field goal, and then hold the other team scoreless, lose the toss, hold them, and then score. You have to do one of those things. That, that, that is open to so much variance and so much extra football that just does not need to be played if you can make a two-point conversion. They drew up a good play, and unfortunately, T.J. Watt, TJ Watt kind of... Um, Kind of disrupted, not kind of. He disrupted the throw a little bit, and it was just a little bit off. And Andrews couldn't get it in the flat. But they had two yards to win a football game. At the beginning of the game, or Herman Edwards did not say you play to tie the game. You play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't at any point in any football game hear a coach say, you know what, we, we, we got to play for the tie. Well, that's that's a lie. You, you do. But within reason, when, when the win is right there, you don't hear, yo, we play for the tie. At least not from any good coaches. You might hear them from the you might hear that from the Pete Carrolls of the world because he's a bad coach and, and his team is poorly coached. You're not going to hear that from the Bill Belichick's of the world. You're not going to hear. Like, I watched Bill Belichick go for it on fourth and two from his own 20 to avoid giving Peyton Manning the football back. One time. Now, granted, you could argue that was reckless. Not, a, I wouldn't really be in position to argue with you on that. But you play to win the fucking game. The Ravens had two fucking yards to get, and they, and they went for it. Now, I understand the, the, the Justin Tucker argument because, all right, you have the, the best kicker of all time on the road, blah, 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 and you think your defense can get a stop. Hey, man, I understand that too, but, bro, look, you have two yards to get, and you win the game, dog. Just go get it. Just go get the two yards. And we do this all the time, and it's like, I can't believe they were for two. Why would they do that? Because they were trying to win the game. The whole point is to win. The whole point is, to, like, we talk about analytics, and people talk about it like it's the boogeyman. But I, I don't think I need analytics to tell you that option A of getting two yards is just a more probable avenue to a win than going through an entire overtime period and opening yourself up to variance and all kind of other bullshit. Getting two yards is the is the more likely outcome is the more likely way to win the game. And they drew up a good play, and the guy dropped and Lamar Lamar threw an off a pass that was slightly off. It happens, but they went they they tried for them, and that's why I enjoy watching the Ravens play. Like the Ravens, they take the, all the necessary risk. They'll go for it on fourth down. They try to win. They play to win the fucking game. And I keep sounding like Herman Edwards. And it's funny that Herman Edwards said all that shit and never really coached like that. But whatever. Um, I watched Herman Edwards go backwards on purpose in a game in Heinz Field um, to set up a 45-yard kick from a guy who missed badly right before that. But I, I'm, I'm not going to go into my trauma. Um, yeah, the Ravens play to win the game. I enjoy how they play. Uh it unfortunately did not work out for them in that circumstance as far as the result. I thought the process was sound. 
And I think that people are kind of just, I, I mean, first of all, some of it is, is, is hindsight. Some of it is just, it didn't work out, so I'm going to bitch about it now. Because if it worked out, we're not having this conversation because people wouldn't be saying nothing. That's how it works. Some of it is hindsight. Some of it is just people just like conservatism. People don't like aggressive. They just don't. Like, they don't like risky. They don't like ballsy with their football. They like conservative, play it, you know, play it, play it safe kind of shit. And as I said, man, I understand the Justin Tucker argument. I get it. Baltimore's defense didn't exactly inspire confidence that, that, that whole fourth quarter, and neither did their offense. So it was like, all right, I put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands to get two yards to win the football game. I don't understand how that could really be questioned. You can disagree with it if you want. But, like, I've seen so many people say, oh, that was a bad decision. Like, no, it wasn't, dog. They just, it just didn't work. Like, not every good decision yields a good result. And I think that that is just something that people don't fully grasp. And this goes for real life. This goes for football. Whatever you want to attribute it to. Not every good decision yields good results. Shit, sometimes not every bad decision yields bad results. Sometimes you, you make bad decisions and you get good results out of them. It is what it is. But I, I like the fact that they went for two, and I think more teams should do it more often. Because, as I said, getting two yards, and I understand that not, not all context is the same. Like, if I'm down one point and, I, and, 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 I, and I'm the Detroit Lions, well, granted, I'm the Detroit Lions, I ain't got no wins, but I have one win now. So, like, fuck conventional wisdom in their case. But if I have a bad quarterback, generally, and you're asking me, to, would I go for two, I'd be more willing to pause. I mean, the Buffalo Bills did something similar earlier. I think they were down, I think they were down three, and they were they had four from one on like the five yard line against the, the Titans or four from two or whatever it was, and they went for the win. And I hope how could that be the right decision? They lost the game, bro. You have big old, you have big ass Josh Allen, his big ass inside the five yard line. He's been killing people inside the five. He's been one of the better goal line short yardage guys in the league since he's been in the league. And you have a chance to go get five yards and go win the fucking football game. And the guy slipped. It happens. It happens. But if you don't think that you could get five yards, why the fuck are you here? Why are you here? Like, you're not trying to play for a tie. And and the Bills defense that game didn't do a whole lot of stopping of the Titans anyway. So, like, why, why are we playing for a tie is why I don't understand. Why? You have five yards. It ain't four for one from the 25 with 10 seconds. Like, fine. Then, yeah, kick your fucking field goal. Duh. Fine. Four for one from the five. Go for it. You have one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Go for it. And he's big as hell. He's hard to tackle. He tackled himself. That happens. But be aggressive. Go win the fucking game. Nobody's trying to tie no games, bro. Win the game. But but moving on to more um to another bad football team. Uh the Jets. Um I I don't personally get down with the whole Gardner Minshew thing. Like I'll start with that, and that will color some of my analysis. Um, like I just don't I, I don't get down with the whole we're gonna make this mediocre white dude into a popular guy because he's a meme. Like he wears he he looks he he looks like a nineteen sixties Confederate, and he has that mustache too. Uh, and we're going to make him into a meme, basically, because that's what they're doing. And we're going to make him popular as a result, despite the fact that he's not really good at his job. I, I, I just don't get down with it. It's annoying to me. Because the NFL, nobody loves to hype up mediocre white dudes quite like the NFL. Nobody. 
and and we know mediocre white dudes are hyped up in every facet of life. But the the NFL, nobody does it quite like them. Nobody. So I I don't get down with it. Like call me the fun police if you want. Like I just spent five minutes passionately talking about why, why the fucking Lions should celebrate after winning their first game in no in December. So. I ain't the fun police. I just don't get down with this brand of fun. I don't, I don't know how hyping up a, a, a mediocre a mediocre white quarterback is fun. It's just not to me. So with that said, I, I did get up on this podcast a couple weeks ago and say, look, if the Jets offense plays better and they lose, I'm cool with it. Now, I'll walk that back a little bit. I'm still cool with it. Like the result is fine. I want, I, 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 Wins don't matter to me at this point. Am I going to sit here actively root for losses either? No. Like, I want Zach to play better. That's really all I care about. I don't really give a fuck if they win or lose. Like, winning a whole bunch of bullshit games where Zach plays poorly, kind of like they did last week, for example, just don't do shit for me. Zach played well yesterday. Like, he was a tick off on some passes and all that, but he played well. Like, he he made progress. He made progress. The coaching staff pointed out in, in, in the post game. Like the stats, the stats bared it out. Like he made progress. Was it was it great? No. Was it good? Sure. Yes. He made progress. That's all you could reasonably ask for from the Jets at this point. I don't give a fuck if they win games. Now, with that said, did the Jets defense have to really go out there and embarrass themselves like that? Like Gardner Mitchell, all day to pass, never was touched at all. Like throwing to open, like butt naked kind of open receivers all game. I'm talking about like third and nineteen. Because Watkins gets open, has enough time to tie his shoes, do handstands, and still get the first down despite catching the ball five yards short of it because there's no jet in the area. Shit like that happened the whole game. Like, Miles Sanders, um, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Deuce Staley, Brian Westbrook, whoever the fuck was running the ball for the Eagles yesterday, it, it felt like they were getting running starts and getting five, six yards before first contact on every single snap. That's what it felt like. It was a joke. Like, the Jets, uh, the Eagles got the ball to begin the second half. It went on a nine-minute drive. The Jets went three and out and never saw the ball again. Like, they, they had three plays the whole third quarter. And we're talking about, well, the, the Jets, uh, and you have Connor Hughes, a Jets writer, quote-unquote writer, um, getting up on Twitter, about, well, the Jets offense, you know, took a nosedive in the second half. Bro, they never have the fucking ball. What do you want? They never have the ball. But the defense didn't show up. They had three plays in the third quarter. Like, yes, the, the three and out was ill-timed. I understand that because it came fresh off of a nine-minute drive. I don't really give a fuck how rested the defense is because rested, non-rested, dead, alive, whatever you want to call it, the Jets' defense was giving it up, was giving the cookies up all day yesterday with no kind of resistance. None. I'm not trying to hear how the Jets' offense nosedived in the second half. They never had the fucking football. What do you want? They didn't have the football in the whole third quarter. They ran three plays. What do you want? But either way, I hate that they had to give it up to, to Gardner Mitchell because now I'm going to hear about that shit for the next three weeks. Um, and it's just, it's it's annoying. I, them making him a mascot is fucking annoying. So, like, I don't like that. The Jets could have spared me that. They could have spared me that. Like, they could have spared my feelings. But aside from that, like, I know the Jets' defense don't have no talent. Like, they they just don't. Like, they have a couple of good players, and that's about it. Like, I don't know if the scheme is an issue. Maybe it is, maybe it ain't. I don't know if the D.C. is an issue. Maybe it is, maybe it ain't. I've seen similar kind of talented teams, like, not 
lay down and be a joke every week. So maybe it is scheme, maybe it is players, maybe it's both. I don't fucking know. But it, it's just it, the defense is really bad. The offense looked better, and Elijah Moore looks like a star, which is great. He looks like a star. Michael Carter, who's out, unfortunately, looks looks very good, too, on the offense. Um, George Fant has been very good. I have to give him his credit. Elijah Vera Tucker has been very good. Like, Joe Douglas is building something here. Like, it's going to take time. And, grant, yo, if Zach Wilson is bad, it might override everything. And it might undo everything. But as much as Joe Douglas is not perfect, and I've said it, he he has done some good things here, and it's showing even if the Jets aren't necessarily good. Like, give him another offseason. Hopefully, he's a little bit more aggressive in free agency. The Jets are supposed to have two high picks, and we'll see what happens from there. Finally, before I close out, um, well, no, I have two more things to talk about before I close out, but the NFL product as a whole has been so bad this year. I know, I, I know I've said this before on this podcast, and this is not new. But, like, look at some of the quarterbacks that were out here playing yesterday, bro. Andy Dalton, Jared Goff, Davis Mills, Mike Glennon, Tua, Roethlisberger, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo played okay, so whatever. But, like, is the quarterback play the only reason the product is, is, is shoddy? No. Like, the penalties don't fucking help. The nonstop penalties don't help. The stupid-ass um, overemphasis on taunting doesn't help. Um, Like, the PI flags have been way too, like, way too they've been way too generous with the fucking pi flags like and i know the underthrown pis have been a a problem for a long time i feel like now teams are just leaning into that shit and it's like oh he's one-on-one okay let's throw it worst case scenario um it's underthrown and you know the, the, the the wide receiver tries to come back for the ball he's blocked out flag you know what i'm saying like it's bad the the overemphasis or taunting is bad and it's just one of those like I don't mind defensive football. I will say, though, that in 2021, most cases, like 17-14 kind of games, are just bad football. Why? Because they're catered to... Everything in the league is catered to offense. Everything. You can't touch receivers. You can't touch, you can't touch the quarterback. can't touch receivers. Um, I, I just mentioned the PI call that everybody gets. Everything is catered towards offense putting up points. So if you can't put up points, that means you're bad. That means your offense is bad. In most cases. I'm not saying that's every case. In most cases, that means your offense is bad. Sometimes it's just it's just good defense. As much as like I, I realize that I, I said you know Ben Roethlisberger has been awful this year and Lamar hasn't been in himself, but I don't think that Ravens Steelers game yesterday was about bad offense. Like it was just two teams who know each other very well playing at a very high level, which is cool. But then you but some other games are just like okay this is just bad offense, bro. Like everything is catered to you, and you still can't move the ball. That's just bad offense. So you have that. As I said, you have the refereeing. It's just an overall bad product. Now, the NFL doesn't care because it's still king and everybody watches. So they don't give a fuck. Hence why they can do stupid shit like, you know, have an overemphasis on taunting where the the competition committee came up with it and passed it. And it's funny because it's so anti-competition. Like, TJ Watt yesterday made a play on, I want to say it was Devonta Freeman. He turned around. He must have said, it couldn't have been more than like five words that he said and he got flagged and it's like come on bro it's Ravens Steelers bro they don't like each other at all and we're flagging somebody for doing talking not grabbing his dick not saying suck it not anything explicit not anything where you could actually be like you know what the kids are watching just talking a little bit we couldn't even fucking hear what he said for God's sake 
and they flagged him anyway. And it's just, you have Mike Thomas talking, well, what about the kids? And, and I'm not going to go into that whole spiel again, but the NFL has been such a disappointing product. Like, every week that I talk about the NFL in this podcast, it's a bit of a challenge to, to, to get enough content because the games stink. And there's only so much that I can say about the league's parody without being repetitive. There's only so much that I can say. Like, hey, everybody has a chance. You want me to say this every week? I can't say this every week. I don't want to say this every week. Like, I need the NFL's games to improve so I can have something to talk about. Like, I don't... Like, Detroit's, Detroit's story is cool, and I'm not trying to poo-poo it, but I don't really want to be talking about no winless team being a 5-1 team. I, I don't. But you kind of have to. That's, that's where we are with the games at this point. And before I close out, for real this time, I'll talk a little bit about the Yankees offseason to switch it up from football. Um, I realize that people are very negative about Hal Steinbrenner, and I'm not going to say it's completely unf- um, unfounded. Um, last offseason, to me, was a bad one. And I, I realize I'm in the minority about the DJ LeMayu contract, at least when it was signed. I didn't want him back. Not for no six years. They signed him for three years. Like, all right, I was cool with letting him walk and getting the compens- uh, and getting the um the compensatory draft pick. I was cool with letting him walk. If they signed him to a three year deal, whatever. Also, like, if the Yankees operated like the Yankees and just went out there and threw money at shit, I wouldn't care about Lemayu's contract at all because it's fifteen million dollars a year. Who cares? That's that that's pennies to Hal and them. That's pennies. I would not give a fuck if they just operate like themselves. If they operate like they should operate, rather. And just throw money at, at people, throw money at things, whatever. So I understand the pessimism, right? Um, some of it is a little bit too far though, because like well, we never get the big players, we don't do that no more. It's like, bro, in the last what, three years, four years, three years, call it four years, whatever, uh, three off seasons, they've acquired John Carlos Stanton and Garrett Cole. Um, at last I checked, those are big acquisitions. Do you want to argue that they should they shouldn't have stopped there? Be my guess, bro. I'm not gonna argue with you. Be my guess. But this idea that we never get big free agents anymore is ridiculous. Again, they just gave a pitcher three hundred twenty four million dollars. Like Stan, they took a discount, so we 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 could attribute that to whatever. You, you don't have to give them credit. That's fine. But they acquired a star player, a guy who had just won an MVP. So. And I keep saying, like, oh, they're going to decide Rizzo, sign a stopgap, and sign some reclamation pitch. If they want to do that, they could have done it already. And I understand the market has to play itself out and all that. But Andrew Heaney already signed. I don't see why Anthony Rizzo wasn't, wouldn't have if they really wanted him back like that. And then a stopgap shortstop. If you give Andrew Elton Simmons $10, $11 million, he's going to take it. Like, you would think, because this market ain't, ain't going to be that great. So... I think if they would have, if they wanted to do that and wanted to go this route and and you know fill it up with stop gaps and rizzos and whatever else, I, I think they would have done it already. Um, the the Korea market is playing out directly into the Yankees' hands if they want him. Um, Korea, um, Cashman said they need a shortstop. Korea is the best one available. He's been the best one available. He's still available. Um, they claim they they want better defense. Korea filled you know, fills that need. Like he won a platinum glove, a platinum glove this year for his services, whether he deserved that or not. I don't know, but he was one of the better defenders in the sport. I know that. Um, but yo, just breathe, man, just breathe, relax. I don't know what the Yankees are going to do this offseason. Like I think Carlos Correa is going to be a Yankee. I think it's playing out in that way because 
The one thing we can't say about Hal, you can say whatever you want about how he spends his money, doesn't spend his money, blah, blah, blah. When they want somebody, they typically go get them. Maybe they should want more people. Understood. But when they want somebody to get them, do we know if they want Carlos Correa? No. Do I think they do? Yes. Do I, th do I think they're going to get him? Also, yes. But just relax. Breathe. Breathe. Like, at least just be negative when they give you a reason to be negative. Because, like, the Yankees off-seasons the last three years haven't been... Like, last year's off-seasons, I decided I didn't like. But the last three Yankees off-seasons have not been so bad where we have to enter this with such a negative attitude as if they're not going to get anybody. When the Yankees want people to get them, it's really, it's really simple. So, relax. Let, let, you know, they, they need a shortstop, they need a first baseman, they need a, they need a center fielder, I guess. Um, or an outfielder, however you want to put it. They're, I think they're going to fill those needs in time. Like, once the lockout ends, I think you're going to see significant movement from them and other teams that have not, ha that were quiet before it. But just R E L A X. In the words of Novak Djokovic, that plays quarterback for the Packers, relax. On that note, um, I'd like to implore you to listen to the middle of the initial podcast with myself, Jude Jackson, and Andrew L. Case as we discuss current sports topics. And Fly Fantasy Unmuted, um, that pod drops every Wednesday as we discuss fantasy football topics. Can't believe we only have six games left. This is flown by. But um, rate, review, and subscribe to those podcasts and my and this one. And I will see you when I see you. General, we got these niggas. Fucking cockroaches. You want to go to war?